Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. So, this is a you know a Ninja Turtle podcast, but I really wanted to start before that because before I started down you know the whole Ninja Turtle path, there was always one bad guy that I really really loved, and it was always that Shredder character. Right. What was that phone call like when uh, Mr. Sato, James Sato? you know, passed on that role or you were picked for that role. Do you remember that phone call? Uh, I don't, well, I remember because I, uh, I know James uh, Saito. I mean, uh, I've worked with him before. I've known him for years, you know, way back, since way back then. And um, I, I wasn't sure what, uh, why, uh, you know, they changed it. Because uh, it wasn't just James that, uh, that uh, didn't do the second movie. It was also uh, Judith who played yeah. uh, April, right? Yeah, April. And uh, yeah, so uh, I th- the, the the word the rumor I got was that you know the first movie. Uh, I really liked the first movie, but I guess a lot of people thought, it, especially parents, thought it was a little too uh, too dark for the kids or something. I don't know, too violent. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess they decided to make the second movie a little more, um, you know, kid friendly. I guess. So uh, I, I don't know the reason. I don't, I don't know if they passed on the roles or if they decided. I'm not sure why. You know, they they decided to change. But uh, uh, you know, I auditioned for it and then uh, I got the call and uh, I was like, "Hey, this is great." Uh, um, and my my actually, I might have had some some uh, inside uh, <laughs> inside help because my friend Roberta Chow mm-hmm. was one of the. She works uh, for. Um, the uh, was it Golden Harvest or yeah, or, yeah, yeah it was the company that owned it. Right, uh, she was she worked for them. She was one of the the producers of, of the movie. Um, so hey, maybe I got a little help there. I don't know. <laughs> hey man, it's all about who you know, right? <laughs> you um, got it. <laughs> now, when when that comes up, how? Because this is almost thirty years ago at this point, and yeah, I'm fair. I'm. This is my third interview um, that I've done, and I started just talking to anybody that would talk to me about turtles. It's something I've been super right. passionate about. You know, I burnt that original VHS out three times. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it was just one of those movies that just clicked really yeah. well. And yeah. when when you took over this role, you know, was there anything that you you know did you go and buy comics just to get a source material, or how did you get really into that that helmet? I did. I did get the. Uh... You know, I I, I, had, I had seen the comics before. I didn't, um, you know, I wasn't that into it. I I watched, I watched the first movie because again, again, my friend Robert also did the first movie, and and Jim Saito was in it and so forth. Uh, but then once I got the role, I did go out and I, I bought like the and it was they weren't just comics. They were like, but they weren't as I guess you couldn't really call them graphic novels either, but. The format was like a big, thick... Yeah, it was the magazine style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought like the first four of them. Uh, and I read them on the plane 
because I had to I had to fly out uh, to North Carolina for a uh, wardrobe fitting first. So that's that was my uh, my little research when I was flying out there was I read all those comics and just to see you know make sure I. I knew what I was going to be doing. <laughs> now, when when you, when you get into a different character, when you get into a character that, you know, you might not, not that you don't know too much about it or that you're fairly new right. with that character, is the process right. for you now getting into that character the same as it was, you know, a few years back? Or has that kind of evolved with your, you know, with you and your personality throughout the years? Um, I'm not, I think it's evolved a little bit. Uh, I, I have to say, I'm one of those actors who is not, uh, you know, you hear about uh, these actors who do, like, incredible amount of research for a role. Mm-hmm. You know, spend months doing, researching this and that and making sure, you know, all of this. I'm, I'm not I'm not that guy. Uh, I, I do a little research just to make sure that I don't get anything wrong. But I'm mostly, uh, I, I depend a lot on, uh, I guess I would say, um, you know, imagination, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm not, you know, because not that the research uh, is is bad or anything. You know, the other guys who do it, that's great. But it doesn't really help me in terms of playing a character. If I'm if I'm you know there thinking about all this research I've done, it, it, it sort of takes me out of it. So um, and you know, I mean, how much research can you do for for Shredder other yeah. than reading every comic book there is and, and seeing you know. Uh, you kind of have to, it's not, uh, you know, if you get, if you do, well, no matter how you play him, I think it's, uh, I mean, it is a comic book, so uh, I'm not worried about, gee, I got, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't stand this way, or he wouldn't do it that way, or whatever. I mean, yeah. He would just do whatever I would do, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just always, it's always cool hearing, you know, the process. One of my favorite things to do yeah. with movies and TV shows is watching, you know, when you guys talk about, you know, your process or how you get into a character or what this, right. you know, specifically means to you. And you always hear, I always like, I'm a chef by trade, you know, so I always like seeing how the sausage is made. And I yeah, also yeah. like making the sausage, if that makes if you can equate that to, you know, acting and stuff. So it's, it's right. always fascinating, you know, you hear, you know, somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio, they'll sit there and they'll go full method, sure. drop themselves yeah. into this role. You know, right. it's always right. fascinating to see somebody that, would you say you feel boxed in more that way if you were to go super, super method? Do you just feel like uh, there's no, no creative flow for you there? or? Uh, no, not at all. I think it's just uh, everybody has their own way of working, what works for them. I mean, like I say, for the if you go full method and, and you, you know, like uh, I mean, I've heard stories of like, uh, you know, Daniel Day Lewis just being in character for Lincoln. constantly, yeah, right. And I mean, if that works for him, that that's great, you know. But uh, it might not work for me, or might not work for somebody else. So everybody has their own way of doing things, and it, for me, it doesn't it doesn't uh, box me in. It doesn't. Uh, and you know, it's a. I would say that like DiCaprio and all these other uh, stars who are really fantastic actors, um, the roles they get to play um, are much more. I guess I would say three dimensional. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, as a minority actor, an Asian American actor. 
I mean, I've been at it for what 35 plus years, and the roles that come along have not always been fully realized characters. They've always, you know, pretty much. I mean, I've, I've played the villain probably 95 percent of the time in my career, and uh, you know, it, it's always it's uh, kind of my bread and butter as you know the the evil drug lord or the evil you know kind of. Uh, thing and this usually you know it's it's not there's not the it's just a certain way a certain role and the certain way that the producers and the directors expect you to do and there's not much uh, a chance of uh making it uh your own dimensional yeah yeah kind of thing and you know usually it's not the lead role so the uh, it's a supporting role, so you kind of stuck in, in, in what you you know you have what you have to do to support the lead. Um, so, like I, I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is, if uh, if there was more of a chance of you know more diverse roles and more three dimensional roles coming along, uh, it would be great. I mean, the, maybe the research would would uh, be what I would get into, but. Uh, some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff I've done, really, I can't say that it needs, uh, you know, months of research to do. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> if, obviously, you know, I'm, you really can't see, you know, what I look like, but I'm a six foot two, redheaded white dude, you know, so, uh-huh. if, you know, it seems like there's so much out there for, you know, people that look like me. And right. it, it, and And now, in this day and time, where we're seeing these stories... You know, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. You know, Wakanda Forever. Right. You know, you see right. these, you see these seminal characters or these seminal actors that are getting these roles, and they're really giving a younger generation somebody that looks, you know, like them. Um, yeah. Is there a a role or a story that you think that you could do, you know, to maybe highlight what Chadwick did with Black Panther to you know a little kid as you know, I see Donnie Yen, he did it with Ip Man, but even though it wasn't, you know, really so much him, you know, appealing to a younger audience, he really got that niche with that that martial arts background right. and martial art movies. But right. is there a character out there that you think you would just crush it and you would love to do a story about? Um, I, you know, um, let me think. Speaking of, like, say, say like, an uh, example of Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. He's a younger guy, and... Black Panther, obviously, uh, you know, for kids is great. Uh, right now, there's uh, their, you know, their their uh, introduction of uh, another Marvel called uh, Shang Chi. Yes, sir. Uh, so that's again, you know, if that can have the same impact as Black Panther for uh, the Asian American community, that would be fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm 60 years old, and like I said, I've been doing this for 35, almost 40 years. And I think right now, if I got a role that that to me would be, uh, you know, the role of a lifetime kind of thing, it would not be something like like uh, like Black Black Panther or, or something equivalent to that, where kids could say, "Hey, that's you know, that's that's a, that's my hero kind of thing." Yeah, that could be me, uh, or, you know. Yeah, right. I would be uh, the role. You know, uh, I did a couple of years ago. I did uh, uh, 
recurring on uh, Amazon series called The Tick, mm-hmm. and um, for two seasons. And the role I played in that was just uh, for me personally was really the greatest, the most fun I've ever had doing anything because it was totally opposite from what I usually play, which is again like the bad guy, yeah. the villain. Uh, a role like that is for me would be um, would be my dream role, where the, it's a fully kind of realized three dimensional character, uh, and and being Asian didn't have anything to you know to do with it. Um, that's what I that's what I would be, what the kind of role I would be looking for uh, to to uh, at least at, at this point in my career. Now, when when roles like that come up, now what what is the what is the product? Because, like I said, I'm I'm very ignorant when it comes to you know I love watching movies and TV shows. It's something me and my son share um, right. quite often. Just the love of going to a movie, the love of watching a TV show together. When when that process comes down, or do you do you guys? And by you guys, I mean actors and actresses. The you know. Um, the, the stars and everything like that. Do you guys go and try to, you know, say, hey, man, I heard, let's just say Iron Man was up. I heard Iron right. Man was up. Would you go right. out or was that something that they kind of, you know, they come and look at you for? How does that whole process work? Uh, it's like, say, uh, for me specifically, um, let's say a role like, uh, you know, a role, a movie comes out and there's a role for, uh, an older uh, Asian guy. Uh, usually, uh, my agents would uh, handle it. They would handle everything. Um, the, the, the casting process works now is that uh, the casting director would, uh, first of all, go to the people they know, like uh, the three or four people they would say, you know, Let's let's get Francois in here. Let's get uh, Ty in here. Let's get this other guy in here because mm-hmm. they know us and they know our work, and uh, it starts from there. So um, if they if they can't find anybody or they think oh so not you know so not then they might put it out to the rest of the you know, to the the, the rest of the uh, agencies okay. and say hey you know we're we're still looking, but usually. At least, like for me, the, I mean, when I go out to an audition, it's usually me and, and maybe three or four of the guys that, uh, and you've, you've seen us, you know, if you watch TV or whatever in the last 30 years, you've, mm-hmm. you've seen us. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that guy. Um, well, it's always funny seeing, it's like seeing you pop, like, I, it's, it's going to sound really weird, James Sato, right? I'm uh-huh. watching... I usually watch that first Ninja Turtles movie once or twice a week. It's generally like on the background. I'm listening to it, right, right. you know, and yeah. just recently with all this time that I've had, you know, off of work because the restaurant industry right. just got hit so damn hard, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's given me time to sit here and man, you know what I need to really do is I really need to take this stuff that I love. And mm-hmm. like I said, this year has put so much shit into perspective with Chadwick dying, right. and I'm a huge basketball right. fan, so Kobe dying, you know, so you really, oh, at, at this point in time in my life, you know, it, there's, you guys have done so much, you know, for us fans, and it's, it's really, you know, my way of laying out the roses and saying thank you, but going, you know, back to all of this, like, I was just, happened to look up, and I saw his eyes, 
you know, when he was wearing that, that Shredder costume, right when he was fighting right. the Turtles at right. the end. And then flash forward like a week or so later, and me and my wife are watching Netflix, and we're watching Always Be My Maybe. And yeah, I, just happened, I just happened to look up at, at the right yeah. time, and I saw his eyes, you know, yeah. just, just his eyes, and that was it. And I'm like, holy shit, that yeah. is Shredder. I never thought to put name to name, face to face, yeah. well, in this point, eyes yeah. to eyes. Um, yeah. You know, with that being said, when you came in, was there some guys that you looked at, or who was some of your mentors when you were coming in? Uh, you know, when I, I kind of came, I would say my generation of actors, um, when I started, when I came to L.A., uh, it was still, let's see, this was like 84. Yeah, I came here in 84. So the stuff that was on, um, you know, uh, there wasn't really, uh, there were a bunch of uh, character actors that has been around for a while. Uh, and of course, when you see old movies, see old TV shows, you see them. And you go, oh yeah, hey, you know, there's uh, Keith Luke, there's, you know, uh, Benson Fong, all these other old, older guys. Mm-hmm. Those we probably, and there's an incredible actor named Mako, who uh, was, I think, the, one of the first Asian American males to be nominated for an Oscar in the 60s. And, uh, those people are the ones I guess would be uh, say my mentors or the ones that I, I knew of that I would look up to um, in, in their career. And um, there wasn't at that point like any big, huge uh, Asian American star, uh, you know, other than, the, of course, you know, it, Bruce Lee was still sort of, you know, the guy that that uh, he kind of that standard he was just yeah not even standard but you know he was just sort of oh Bruce Lee how can you even you know he was sort of he was all kind of above everything already yeah right uh, but uh, there wasn't anybody in that in that category that you know I think actually in the eighties you would have uh, Jackie Chan or you know but again they were all specialized you know martial arts stars. Uh, kind of thing um, but for me it was just a, a lot of the older established character actors that I had seen on TV that I had watched in movies that were, that were still working a little bit at that time and they were on their you know I remember there was an actor named um, Robert Ito who was uh, at that time he had a series called uh, with Jack Klugman uh, what was it called Jack Klugman was a medical examiner, and uh, oh man, see, I, I mean, uh, my my brain is going to mush now. But anyways, those are the kind of guys that I, I would look up to, that I would see. Um, and for all of us, you know, I think we were. I, I can't speak for myself, but we weren't really thinking, "Oh man, I'm going to be a huge, uh, you know, I'm going to be like Brad Pitt, or I'm going to be like DiCaprio kind of thing." We were just like, "Oh, I, you know, I want to make a." decent living <laughs> yeah. at this job hoping that you know we'll get roles and you know if you get lucky you you might get on a series or something but you just want to you know you want to make a living doing this uh, and that's how all of us were and you know we we kind of the ones like me who are lucky enough to do it uh, we just you didn't really think about it you worked and then you go to an audition and you see the same people and you go oh hey 
And it wasn't really uh, competitive in terms of, you know, I'm not going to beat this guy. I'm going to get this role. It was just we were all thinking, oh, hey, how's it going? And, you know, this time maybe you'll get the role and and uh, next time I'll get the role and the next time the other guy will get the role. It, it was that sort of feeling pretty much uh, a community kind of thing. Yeah. And, and There's enough room at the table for everybody, you know? Yeah, kind of. I mean, now uh, it, it's uh, the, the the generation that came after me, or the younger generation. I see a lot more opportunities for them, and that's great. I, I mean, I see, uh, I watch uh, all these TV shows uh, on the CW and all these other shows where there's usually there's like a, a an Asian, you know, actor actress on the series, a younger you know person, but it's not uh, it's. I wouldn't say it's the norm, but it's getting there, where it's not as uh, as hard to get as it, as it used to be. Now, how does that how does that make you feel? Because you're one of those guys that set this trend. You 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 know you you and I know a lot of you guys are very humble. None of you guys will you know admit this. You know, I've talked to so many um, actors and actresses that whenever I. I, you know, I applaud or I, you know, I try to tell them, you know, how great they are. They're always, you know, super humble. And they said, no, I had other people, you know, but how does that feel? You being the generation that not necessarily brought, you know, that Asian American or that Asian into this, this, this film, but you've been there and for somebody to look at for so long, how does that feel being a trendsetter or being somebody Uh, to look up to? Yeah. uh, For me, uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, what's gonna say? Uh, it's a little humbling, but it's also very satisfying because I get a lot of younger actors, you know, asking me, "Hey, you know, do you have any advice? You know, what do you, you know, how, how do I go about this and that?" And uh, I always try to just uh, give as much help as I can to, to anybody that you know that that seeks it. Um, it it's a very uh, you know, it's just, I guess it's satisfying that I've been lucky enough to kind of last this long. And uh, the experiences that I've gathered uh, maybe can help somebody else who's coming up. Um, it's not like you can say, hey, do this, do this, and this, and you'll be successful. It's, it's, very, it's different for everybody, uh, you know, of course. So, but there's certain things you can, you know, uh, it's it's funny you can these these younger actors ask me hey you know can you give me advice about this or that and I, I you know I would say well you know I can tell you what I've been through and that might help you that might not I don't know uh, because not, things also change the times not just the people but the, the way things are done change too so what I went through is not necessarily what what you're going through now so I can't really you know. I can't really help you in terms of a lot of stuff now. I don't know. You know, it used to be. I mean, uh, I'm, you know, I feel like an old man because when I was going out <laughs> on auditions and stuff, we would still, you know, have hard copies of our eight by tens, and we're going in, and we got, you know, our resume stapled to it, and this and that. Now, it, you know, it's all digital. You don't, you know, you just it's you submit yourself online. You do this and that, um, and I have really, you know. My agents do all that, so I don't really know the sort of the, the nuts and bolts of it anymore. So when people ask me how to do it, I go, well, I think you, you probably know 
a lot more about this stuff than I do now. So I, I don't think I can help you. Yeah, it's understandable. Um, you said you said a really interesting word, and it's a simple word. But you said change. Now, when I think change, when it comes to cinema, films, and movies, you know, mm-hmm. back in those those eighties and those nineties, even you really didn't see somebody go from the big screen to TV, TV to the big screen, you know, vice versa. Right. And then right. in this day and age, you know, comic book movies are, I think when I was talking, yeah. you know, Peter David, 47 out of 50 are science fiction at the top 50 movies, right. you know, and superhero right. movies, you know, yeah. with, with being, that being said, was it not so much a death sentence if you were to pick a superhero movie like, you know, the turtles, even though they had so much heat behind them with turtle mania, would that be something that was somewhat of a blemish or you would get, not laughed at, but was that something that you were like, oh man, it was just a Turtles movie? Even though they were so, you know, such a box office success? Yeah, no, at least to me, not at all. Uh, you know, uh, when you say death sentence, I guess they would say, uh, you know, a lot of actors, especially when we were young and we were starting out and we were always thinking, oh man, I don't want to get, uh, you know, pigeonholes into this. That mm-hmm. People think of me as this or... I don't want to be, you know, this Tight or cast. that. Yeah, typecast is this. And I want to be, you know, I want to do as wide a range of stuff as I, as I can and plays all these different things. You know, of course, you know, when you're young, that's what you think. And when I think about it now, I go, man, that's, you know, what a, how, how uninformed you were. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, getting typecast and getting, you know, pigeonholed is, if you're lucky enough to do that, to be that, um, you know that's how you work that's how you you know you get you, like like for me uh not not sure why but i was i got pretty good at playing the villain mm-hmm. so uh i would say if i was pigeonholed as the villain that was that was fine with me because uh i i got a lot more work than i would have if if people didn't think of you know oh let's get transwatt for this i think he'd be great or you know people didn't think of me as as just uh, you know they, they, they would know me as for, for a certain thing. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like my wheelhouse. And it helped me a lot. Uh, the more work you get, the more exposure you get, the more uh, experience you get, the more people will know you, the more casting people will know you, the more producers, directors. And they, they you know, they know that it's not, you, you know, you're an actor, you, 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 you're good at playing a certain role, but uh, you're not just limited to that. So, I think it's just it helps you to uh, to do that. So uh, getting back to turtles, I I, I would uh, you know that was one of the biggest breaks for me because I mean I, and at the time when we, we were shooting it, I was like, hey, this is a great job, and I was having a lot of fun, but I didn't realize how how it would explode, how big it would be, and it was crazy. I, I, I was I had finished uh, the movie and then I was working on. Uh, some TV show, like a couple of years later, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, there was a, a, a child actor on, on the on the show, right? And he and his uh, uh, his brother were there, and uh, he came up to me and he said, "Hey, you know, you're the shredder, aren't you?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, what? What? What do you mean? Yeah, how how do you how can you how do you know?" He goes, "No, I know, I recognize you." I thought, my mom, what do you mean recognize me? You all, all you ever saw of me was my eyes behind the mask. But uh, the kids, they said, no, no, no. 
I recognize you right away. And, you know, it kind of, it, it took me a surprise. And I said, wow, that's, that's, that's when I realized, hey, this is a little, you know, these, the, the movies that blow up like this are a lot bigger than, than uh, you, would, you could ever think. Yeah. Uh, you know, and these, I mean, still, uh, I go to a, a few of uh, these Comic-Cons now, and most of it, not most of it, but I would say maybe 50% of the fans are still uh, Ninja Turtle fans. I mean, it's just, it's it's something, like I said, I, I got into this with that first movie, and uh-huh. like I said, there was two movies that I, I had on loop or replay, you know, that I burnt out on VHS, and that first right. one was that Ninja Turtles movie, and that second one yeah. was Dumb and Dumber. Um, yeah. You know, my, my mom would not buy, once I burnt it out, it was dumb, yeah. she was tired of the most annoying sound in the world, she would never, ever do it again. Um, oh, but it, it gave me, you know, with with the Disney movies as well, it gave me something to have in rotation with that first yeah, movie. Yeah. And, you know, reading some of the stuff that I've read, you know, about, you know, on set, you know, costumes, the turtles were always, at least in the first movie, I know for a fact that it was 70 pounds for most of this stuff with the yeah. actor turtles. And then it got a little bit lighter when it got to the stunt and then other other turtles. Do you remember about how much your costume weighed when you would put it on? I was very lucky because, unlike the turtles, mine, uh, except for the helmet, mine was just you know like a like a like a cloth costume. Mm-hmm. There was no, there wasn't, it wasn't you know. I guess there's some of the uh, the the arm shields and stuff like that with the the, the little spikes and stuff mm-hmm. were hard plastic and stuff. But the rest of it was uh, was very very easy. Uh, the only thing was, I was it's kind of you know in the first movie. Um, Shredder was obviously uh, doing a lot of fighting and doing a lot of a lot of stuff. And when I got the role, I thought, "Hey, this is great! I can I can have a lot of fun, hopefully, you know, doing some of this." Mm-hmm. And of course, it turned out that in the second movie, they changed all that, and Shredder wasn't really doing too much physical stuff. He just kind of uh, stood around and ordered people to do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and glared a lot. And, uh, yeah, and they added this uh, this big, big, huge cape um, to the costume. Yeah. You know, so when you're walking around, and, and it took me a little time to to get used to, to the cape and, and to work it, you know, so that it looked it didn't look like I was just going to fall around, fall down. <laughs> <any minute. laughs> and and then for some reason, the helmet that they made was actual, you know, made of steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty heavy, so it was like, oh, once I put on the helmet, it wasn't. It was just like uh, you couldn't really, you know, whip your head around or anything. You just kind of made sure it stayed there. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, unlike the turtles, because I watched uh, when the turtles were both the the acting turtles and the stunt turtles, and when they were <laughs> they were in their their uh, outfits, you know, they could only work for. Uh, you know, six hours. Maybe, well, even even in the six hours, you can only work for maybe you know forty-five minutes to an yeah. hour before you have to take a break. And they would like unzip the top and, and take the head off and stick the air conditioning hose, you know, down the, the actor's back mm-hmm. for for you know ten minutes or something before they would put it back on. Um, so yeah, they had they had a rough time, but. You know, uh, I, I think they had fun. It was okay. <laughs> yeah.
didn't speak too much English to begin with, mm-hmm. literally. And uh, we, were, <laughs> we were in this little town in uh, North Carolina, just outside of, uh, I think this is Wilmington, where the studios were. And uh, we, uh, it, it was strange because, you know, you know how he was dressed in the movie, right? In yes. His, uh, kimono and, and so forth. Well, you know, in real life, that's how he dresses all the time. Knife and all? So, yeah, no, he, you know, he's, you can see him walking, you know, down the street into the town <laughs> and he's in full uh, uh, kimono and and the, uh, the, they're called getas, which is the Japanese, these wooden shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he, you know, he would, people would see him and, you know, of course, after a while, they would just, everybody would know who he was, but, uh, I, you know, he, I, we, I hung out with him a couple of times when we weren't working and, you know, we'd go out to dinner or something and he was always dressed in, in traditional, you know, I never saw him. I, saw, I met him a couple of times after the, after we had done the movies, like a couple of years later, here in LA, and uh, you know, I saw actually I was in the movie uh, theater, and I was coming out, and then I saw him coming out too with the other side, and he was still dressed the same as he was. <laughs> do you think he owns a t-shirt? Uh, or is, he, he owns the what? Do you think he ever wore a t-shirt? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, because he, he he had a uh, you know he he had a, his own uh, he taught. Um, Aikido. No, not Aikido. He taught the. Uh, it's called Iaido, which is uh, the, the art of drawing the the sword, mm-hmm. and at the same time. So he taught. He had a he had a dojo here in uh, uh, Little Tokyo here in in Los Angeles uh, for a long time, and uh, I'm not sure. Not, like I said, I've never seen him in a t-shirt and jeans or in a t-shirt and sweats or anything. Every mm-hmm. time I've seen him, it's always been. He's always been full, in full gear. He was one of those guys that, you know, Shredder, obviously, he was the big bad. But right. when it came down to it, as a little kid, and maybe even today on the right type of day, depending on, you know, how I'm feeling, if I'm feeling confident, if yeah. I see Shredder and I see Tatsu, right. Right. I'm pretty sure Tatsu will make it really, really quick, you know, if he had to, if he had to take my wallet. And I'm pretty sure Shredder would kind of you know, drag it out just a little bit, but I, I never wanted to meet Tatsu, you know, in a dark, in a dark alleyway. And yeah, reading yeah. Uh, Ken Scott's book, uh, Raphael, um, uh, in the first two movies, um, he was saying that he, he had such this intensity to him, but right. off screen, he was very relaxed, very, you know, chill compared to that yeah. on screen persona. Do you think that was his training with, the martial arts he did, and then I know he came from the lineage of samurai with the samurai swords and everything like that. Right. Um, you know, but do you think that's what it was? He had this, he had this to kill persona on TV because that's what he was trained for, and then he could relax because he got all that energy out. Or how do you think he uh, went about it? I I think uh, you know I can't really tell if that was uh, he was not you know an actor in the sense that you know some of us would call ourselves actors. Mm-hmm. That's not what he, that, that, that wasn't his career. That wasn't what he, you know, he did for a living. Uh, 
I'm not sure how where he, how they found him or where he got. Well, you know, well, obviously he got a cast because of his his you know the way he looked and the way he came across. Mm-hmm. But um, other than the the Ninja Turtles, I don't know if he did anything else. I can't. I'm trying to think of if I could. I've seen him in anything else besides the Ninja Turtles movies. So uh, I think it's just, a, you know, like you say, on screen, he had that presence and, uh, and that look. When, and when we weren't working, you know, obviously he was not, uh, he was not Tatsu. He was just, you know, Obata sensei. And, but he was pretty, uh, and like, you know, he was pretty chill. But uh, I don't know if he could. Uh, what's where what I'm trying to think? I, th- I think he would. The the persona that he he came up with when he was on screen. Uh, I think I'm not sure it was anything to do with his training or the way he, you know. Uh, I think he just thought, "Hey, I gotta act mean," and he was good at it. Yeah, I gotta have that warrior mentality. Yeah, um, when I, I did a quick Google, I try to be as quiet as possible, you know, when I'm, whenever I'm looking something up, but, uh, right. it said he played a second in command villain, S-A-T-O, is that Sato? Sato? Sato, yeah. Sato, in Showdown in Little Tokyo, that was the, uh, other uh, credit. Oh, okay. The other, right, the right, other right. credit, but like I said, man, he, he brought an intensity, yeah. and then he, he made it feel like, oh man, if this guy is that mean, you can only imagine how mean that Shredder character was. Right, um, right, exactly. Was, that's, you, you've said you've played, you know, so many villains. Um, <laughs> is that a hat that's that's easy to take off and put on? Or is that something that you got to kind of think about? Uh, no, I don't, I, at this point, I don't really have to think about it. It is a pretty easy hat to take on and off. Uh, and, you know, that, that sort of, that sort of once in a while that worries me. <laughs> I go, wait a minute, uh, this is a, this this feels pretty good doing this. So I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, no, I, I, I'm just kidding. It's not a. It's it's. Uh, I don't really have to, uh, you know, work myself up into. And of course, you know, the villain people who play villains, you know, we all know that we're not standing there going, hey. I gotta act mean, I gotta act bad, I'm the villain. We, we just, it's not, nobody thinks of themselves as, you know, the villain. Uh, nobody thinks of themselves, of, of themselves as the bad guy. Uh, you just do, you act and you do what, uh, what you think you have to do and then that, you know, whatever it is you do makes, makes you the villain. Uh, I don't think we're all standing around going, you know, oh, I'm the bad guy so I'm gonna, I'm going to act bad, right? Yeah. Um, well, when, uh, some, there's a few things that I'm super passionate about, you know, food, comic books, <laughs> movies, obscure movie quotes. I mean, I've said it in one of these podcasts before that I, Forrest Gump is one of those ones that I can go to and just throw any random quote to kind of break the ice. Um, <laughs> when you do that or you switch um, between the good guy and bad guy, um, it reminds me when you're talking uh, like wrestling. I don't know if you were ever a wrestling fan at all. Um, okay, so I've heard so many of these guys talking, and they'll go and say that you know what you said exactly. It's not so much you're a bad guy. You're playing right. this role, and you do certain right. things as a bad guy. 
are right. some of those things universal for bad people, no matter if it's a movie, television show, you know, voiceover? Is there some of those mannerisms or body languages that, oh man, that's automatically a heel, as they would call it in the wrestling world, or a bad guy in movies? Uh, it, no, I think it depends on, you know, how, what, what the, maybe what the project is or what the show is and the tone of the show. You know, if you're, say you're doing a, a, a Disney kids show, mm-hmm. a lot, you know, and you're the bad guy, uh, a lot of it is pretty much over the top, you know, you're very you're, wacky. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's way out, it's way out there. It's not, you know, it's not grounded in, in any kind of reality. Um, and then, and then if you're doing some other, you know, another kind of project and, you know, you say you're playing the, uh, um, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the killer or something, mm-hmm. uh, where it's a little more subtle, it's a little this and that. Again, you don't think of yourself as, you know, I'm the villain, uh, then, you know, it, it's a little different. There's no, uh, th- there's no stock thing about, you know, being the bad guy. It's just, it depends on each project. It depends on the individual. That makes sense. Everybody's got their own flavor. Everybody likes, you know, yeah. what they like, whatever makes them feel comfortable to get into that character or be that character, right, you know, right. for that for that little bit of time. Um, right. Do you remember, like, how long you shot, you know, for this movie? Like, your scenes? Uh, I was, let's see, we were, I was in North Carolina for, they had me for about five weeks. Um, well, obviously, I didn't work every day in those in the five weeks, but yeah. uh, I would say probably about uh, you know half of that okay. was on set. Yeah. Now, with how many? So we had three turtles for mm-hmm. each person, the voice, the actor, the stunt. How many shredders did we have? Did we have three as well, or was it you and a stunt guy? No, uh, you know, actually, for Secret of the Ooze. It was just me, because, again, Shredder didn't really do anything. So we didn't need a stunt guy <laughs> <laughs> to do anything. Uh, you know, it was just me standing around, you know, trying to act, uh, you know, royal or whatever in my big old cape and ordering people around and, you know, saying, you know, get those turtles and stuff like that. So <laughs> Did did you get now he's got many names you know big sexy diesel you know um did you ever get to meet super shredder oh yeah yeah kevin yeah um kevin Nash. yeah i met yeah and and uh and the first time I, I met him i think when i went into uh the wardrobe department for some reason and he was there uh being being uh, measured or whatever and um it was like wow, I you know, it's it's amazing when you're close in person. You would think you think uh, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm talking about it. I'm watching my TV's on silent now. I'm watching the the Laker game. <laughs> Ooh, and, uh, <laughs> we just we Orlando just got eliminated last week, so it's been a it's been a, I'm, I'm from Florida, so <laughs> a Magic fan through and through. So oh, it's been it's well, been rough. <laughs> no, I, but the the. Uh, uh, the heat just went, uh, just took out. They got rid of the Bucks, which makes yeah. it interesting because you know a little sidebar here for basketball. I've always got time for basketball; it's my favorite sport. Been watching it since yeah. I, 
since Shaq brought down that rim in New Jersey. I've been I've been a oh, fan yeah. of Orlando <laughs> ever since. Um, but yeah. it's interesting because now it starts. You get start hearing all that gossip or that that water cooler talk. Is Giannis going to leave and go to right, Miami exactly. now? Is Giannis going to leave yeah. and go to LA? Is Anthony Davis going to resign a full contract yeah. extension? So I love this time yeah. of the year when it yeah. comes to NBA. I just can't wait yeah. till we're allowed to go back into these arenas. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. I, oh, I, no, you're, I'm, I'm, I've got plenty of but, time for basketball. So, it's okay. you know, standing next to Kevin, you kind of go, wow. Uh, I didn't think, you know, literally anybody could be so so big and tall. And you just go, whoa. You know, I think uh, you, you were talking and he, I think he and his was his girlfriend or his wife or somebody, they were walking through the one of the malls down there. And literally, and you're talking about being head and shoulders of everybody else. You, you could literally see, you know, people walking, and then you would see Kevin just kind of <laughs> towering over them. And you go, oh, man. <laughs> it's weird that we're cut from the same, like, we are the same. No, we're not, we're the same, but we're not the same. It's, you yeah. look at him, or you look at somebody like Shaq, and you're like, how the hell is this the same species? How am I in the same yeah. category? You know, obviously yeah. not the same category, but, like, how are we considered the same species, the same people? Right. You right. know? Um, yeah. when, when he was on, or is it like a passing of the torch type of thing? It's like a high five. I had it. You got it. When, you know, that happened, like super sure he's like, ah, oh, I finished all my scenes. Now it's your turn. Or would you guys just do stuff out of order when you came to filming scenes? Oh yeah, we did. We did stuff out of order. Uh, you know, the way, the way we film it, um, he actually, did, I mean, I was there watching some of it when, they filmed the scene of him, uh, you know, crashing up through the, the pier. Oh, tearing down the pier with his arm fist? Yeah, once, yeah. He, uh, once he got, the, got oozed and mm-hmm. then, he, you know, then he shows up. As, uh, but that was uh, that was the only time. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember. We didn't really work at the same time. So, uh, you know. It was uh, a lot of times. Um, it's funny because a lot of times uh, you work on a movie or you work on a project, and and then uh, later on the fans ask you, "Oh, so how was it? Was it great working with you know so and so? And how was it uh, working with these people?" Um, a lot of the times you work, you might be working on the same movie, but you're not working on the same scene, so you don't actually see the other people or you don't actually sometimes you don't even meet the other person that's in the movie uh so the, the, for me I, I saw kevin i think i said hey you know we used to said hi and stuff but that was pretty much it we didn't really have we weren't there at the same time um stuff so there was no hey now you're the shredder so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I got you um so yeah. i'll just ask you a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up um you know so yeah, sure we talked just briefly just a little while ago um, about a role that up until I could almost do the James Sato thing eye to eye, I'm like, oh man, that's him. Uh, right. You popped up in Lost, and I watched, like I said, the first, I think it was the first four seasons because uh, they would send out DVDs um, when we were right. deployed right. in the Navy and stuff. They would send out DVDs, TV shows, movies, yeah. you know, yeah. sometimes before they were even out on the shelves. And Lost was one of those ones. There were so many episodes for each season. I can, you know, oh man, I can watch an episode tonight, episode tomorrow. It makes right. time go by quicker. Right. How did yeah. that role come up? Uh, again, you know, 
just like uh, Shredder, this the role in Lost started out as just uh, you know, like I say, we're 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 actors. We're just we go audition and and hopefully we get the job. So I got a call to go audition for this role uh, in Lost. It was um, right at the you know season, the end of season one, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, and the show was just you know had already just kind of skyrocketed. It was just yeah. taking off like crazy. Uh, so I thought, hey, great, you know, uh, and it was just going to be a, a one shot deal, which is going to be this that one. Uh, one episode. Mm-hmm. So I went, I auditioned, um, I got the role, and I thought, oh, great, uh, you know, and I knew they were shooting in Hawaii, so I thought, oh, great, I got to go to Hawaii. <laughs> but, uh, no, dude, <laughs> it was like, like, they said, hey, so, you know, you should show up, your call time is, you know, 5 p.m. tomorrow, and uh, you're going to Burbank Studios, uh, blah, 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 and I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, so they got one, you. The, the first time, yeah, the first uh, <laughs> when we shot that first orientation scene, uh, it was in the, because uh, Jay Abrams had uh, another show at the same time, at that time, uh, Alias. Mm-hmm. So we shot that scene on the set of Alias um, when they, uh, they were finished for the day and we came in and we shot that scene. And uh, I thought, I figured, hey, that was great, that was fun. And I thought that was it. Uh, and then, you know, a month later, they called and said, hey, they're going to do, do another one. I thought that was all fine. And then they kept, uh, you know, they kept saying, hey, we're going to do another one. And finally, I think it was, I think by the third time, uh, I flew out to Hawaii to do it. And I, I don't know how many of those I did, but, uh, you know, the job turned out to last uh, all six seasons. So yeah. it was great for me. It was one of those... Uh, kind of life-changing jobs that, uh, you know, of course, when you get it, you don't think, oh, my God, this is it. You just go in, do your stuff, and then little by little, you kept thinking, well, this is, you know, as long as they keep calling me, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good with it. <laughs> hey, as long as those checks keep clearing, I'll keep showing up, yeah, Exactly, right? exactly. You know, so I, I got you written down here for 17 episodes on Lost. Like I said, ah, okay. it, right. it was always met with a little bit of mixed reviews. I didn't... When I, when I go and I watch something, I don't ever sit there and say, oh, man, this was good or bad. I just say I liked right. it or I didn't like it because right. I'm not that professional. I'm not I'm not you yeah. guys. I, so I don't think I have you know a voice to say, oh, man, this guy just did not do this good or vice versa. Right, right, right. right. right? And well, I wish you know, more people would take that stance. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, hopefully, if you're, as, a, as an audience member, at least for me, when I watch something, uh, if it's good, uh, I get caught up in it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's great. If it's not good, then, you know, I don't get caught up in it and it just doesn't, you know, I'm not sitting there going, oh, you know, that was bad and this is not the way it should be done and this is that. If, if it takes you out of it like that, then obviously uh, it wasn't good for you, right? Yeah. But if you sit there watching and, you you know, you kind of get lost in it, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you go... Uh, I need to get sound effects yeah, for here. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, there hasn't been anything that I've seen you in. You, you, you know, like you said, you come and it's the same for you guys. And it's, oh man, you got it this time, I'll get it next time, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. it's always fun seeing you... Like I said, the first time I ever saw it was that Shredder, and then it evolved into, 
I think I might have seen it, you know, it was after Lost because they had just put X-Files up on Netflix. Um, right. And then I'm a huge Tim Allen fan. Uh, I loved him in Home Improvement, so oh, I've seen you yeah. on Last Man Standing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it's always fun to see, you know, these reoccurring roles. So these, this person that you follow, you're like, oh man, I've seen him right. in this, he's in this, and you can start connecting right. the dots type of thing. Out of yeah. all of the roles you've played, do you think you have maybe like a top three that you really enjoyed playing that character or... You're, you when you when you're done with that character, you're like, man, I did something here that I'm super proud of, and they can't take that uh, away from me, type of thing. Yeah, uh, I would say definitely um, the top, the the, uh, the the most enjoyable and uh, the greatest role I've done so far was uh, the character I played in the in the show The Tick. Okay. Uh, and I say that because uh, it really is, you know, you, you, sometimes a role comes up where you're playing the part, but there is no, um, let me see, there's no effort. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no point where you go, this, I gotta, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm working this, I'm doing this. You're just being yourself. You're just kind of being, you're just not necessarily yourself, but whatever you're doing it feels just effortless mm-hmm. and, and not, not just you know in acting or anything else you know like if you're if you're uh, you're you're good at sports or you're good at something else and you do it and it, and it just feels effortless second nature you know, yeah you know you know that's how it should be uh, the role I played in the, this is the show The Tick that was it for me um and I, I, you know, we had two seasons of it, and I was so bummed when, when they didn't pick up the third season that I, I was like, oh man. That I one was really a that. shocker when it didn't. It yeah, seemed like it was it, weird. It, was... it seemed like it was good. All of my friends really watched it. We watched it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it was interesting to see them. Like, oh man, we're just not going to pick this up. But they've done that. I don't want to say there's so many good yeah. shows, but it's like. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason there'd be a show that's like, how does that one have an audience? When you know this one had one, you've seen right. all the panels, you've seen all the words, you've seen all the reviews and stuff like that, and they right. still, right. you know, come down yeah, and exit. It, it, sometimes it just doesn't, you know, you look on, it was on Amazon, and I looked on it, and there were, it was the only show that had a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the other hit shows on Amazon were like, the most was four and a half. Yeah. And you think, oh, how, why would they do that? But, you know, other there's all sorts of other things, that decisions that, that they make that, you know, maybe they, they just decided it wasn't worth it, it wasn't enough money, or whatever it is that is, you know, not, you never know what's what's uh, what's behind it. Yeah, you know? that, whatever's behind that curtain, that whole Wizard of Oz type of thing. Yeah, yeah, you never know. You know, as, as an actor, you go in and you audition for something and... Uh, when you don't get the part, you know, most of us go, wow, I wonder what, you know, was it this, was it that, was it this or that? You, you, just, you never know. Uh, it could, you know, it could be, you know, they just didn't, they just had something else in mind or they didn't like the way, you know, you had your hair that day or whatever. It just was <laughs> stuff You wore the wrong cologne think. today. How, I'm going to cancel yeah, that's this. How, that's how it is. <laughs> well, I got to say, man, it's, it's, been an honor it's been a privilege to sit here and talk to you for this past hour and some change um like i said this is 
the chance that you know I can really get to like I said lay these roses at you guys' feet and how I didn't get to right. do that with some of these people uh, yeah. that I've grown up with watching you know whether it be Kobe one of the greatest basketball players he's one A one B uh-huh. Noah Jordan yeah. you know my favorite actor of all time Robin Williams I didn't get to do that you know uh-huh. so yeah. it's 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 to that point where I, I gotta have I gotta start scratching the stuff off my bucket list and I gotta say thank you you know you you guys uh-huh. have you guys have really you know, inspired a generation, you know, by some people would just say putting on goofy clothes or running around in a turtle suit. You know, it's been such a pleasure these last 25 plus years with these movies and with your roles, not only in the Ninja Turtles, but like I said, I loved Lost. I don't give a shit what anybody else says. I loved (laughs) Lost, man. I can't thank you enough. Well, you're welcome. Uh, Thanks for, for thinking of me and thanks for having me on your show this podcast man i'd Um, I'd love to do it anytime you would like you know if there's anything that you would like to promote anything you're working on anything you want people to know about um you know uh, again my wife is always telling me hey you gotta just you know tell people what you're doing and this and that and i'm just one of those guys who just it doesn't feel natural to me so i'm not i'm never out there going hey watch me on (laughs) watch me on this show or (laughs) Tomorrow I'm going to be on this, on this, you know, uh, it, it's not, I don't know, it's not me. So that's the short answer, long answer actually of saying that I, I probably should have some stuff I could tell, but I, I, I don't. I just, it just doesn't, you know, it's like, uh, hey, you know, if you, you see this show, it's great. Uh, I, I'm in it, but uh, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not good at promoting myself, I guess. Well, hey, if, if I can, if I can, if I can say one thing, there's one thing I learned. Even though I've never met the man Shaquille O'Neal, he said, "Real G's move in silence." That's what you're yeah. doing. You're OG, triple OG when it comes to, like I said, Shredder. So I want to thank you one more time. And you guys can find Francois Chow at Twitter, F R A N C O I S C H A U W. Give him a follow. Give him a watch. And Francois, like I said, I can't thank you enough, man. I hope to have you on real soon again. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Anytime, Julian. Anytime. All right. You take it easy. Have a great night, brother. All right. Thanks, man. Later. Bye. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast today. If you like what you're hearing, help us out by giving us a review and a rating of five stars. Follow us on all social media platforms at The Turtle Tapes. I've been your host, Julian, and as always, it's been a blast and cowabunga. Thanks again for checking out the What's In My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.